the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. This is Jen Bryant, and joining me today are my co-hosts. What up, bro? Yo, 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 it's Chloe and Dasha. (laughs) Yeah, what she said. Chloe and Ashy B are here with me today. And as we record episode 77 of the Practical Family Podcast, we have on today as a special guest, you'll get to hear my recorded interview with Hilary Morgan Ferrer, author of Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. What kind of cultural lies are we talking about? We are talking about thoughts and philosophies that kind of creep into family life, parenting, worldviews that are other than what God has given us in the Bible. She's also got a podcast on this. So in my interview today, we talk about the things that are up against moms in today's culture. And apologetics, you guys, is something that I'm passionate about. I studied apologetics in school, bringing it into a real family life is exciting for me because I haven't had the chance to have these conversations in a long time. Now that these kids are older, they are how old are you guys again? Um, ten. And no, Chloe's nine. two, and I'm eleven. Ten and nine, almost. And she's ten nine. and eleven. Yeah, almost ten and eleven. And she's nine. It's time to talk about these issues or to start introducing them to the beginnings of logical thinking as they think about ideas that are not so concrete. See, when kids are young, you can't really explain a whole lot of these things to them. You can give them concrete examples of concrete things. But when we start getting into philosophies and ways of thinking, it becomes more abstract. And you can't really uh, use the same tools that you used to when they were toddlers or preschoolers. You have to help them to stretch their brains and think outside of themselves. So it's questions like, guys, what do you do if your friend says, we we don't go to church. My my mom says we don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I remember it being kind of crazy for you guys when you realized, wow, not everybody's a Christian, right? Was that kind of different? Yeah, because when I started in my new school after I was done with preschool and I've been there for a while I thought I thought it was a Christian school where everybody there was Christians and then but then when I was in third grade I was playing a game with my friends and then we it's a quiz game but then when I asked the Bible question this boy he said that he doesn't know because he's not a Christian and then the same thing happened with a girl mm-hmm. Okay, so it was different for you because up until then the kids were in like Christian preschool and church and things like that. And as Chloe just shared, as young as third grade, kids know what's up, you know, they know how their family practices and what they do or don't do. And when it comes out on the schoolyard, it can kind of be jarring for kids who aren't exposed to other ways of thinking. So parents, that's our job. Let's bring up things with our kids as it's appropriate and as much as they are able to understand as they grow older. This is one of the reasons why I love this book so much, Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. First of all, moms, this book is written to moms to help to empower us in order for us to understand what's out there so that we can have these rich and meaningful conversations with our kids. 
Let me tell you a little bit about the author and our interview before we get started. Hilary Morgan Freer is the founder and Mama Bear in chief of Mama Bear Apologetics. She feels a burden for providing accessible apologetics resources for busy moms. She and her husband have been married for 12 years and minister together as an apologetics team in the local church. She contributes to the ministry by coordinating the day-to-day efforts, editing blog submissions, as well as writing her own and recording the Mama Bear Apologetics podcast. She has many other women who contribute to this wonderful podcast and it is an absolute joy to have her on today. She's so sweet. She's I think my sister from another mister because we we think so similarly and we love the same things. We love to study the Bible and all the whys and whats and wheres and hows. So enjoy our conversation today with Hillary Morgan Ferrer here on the Practical Family Podcast. Hillary, welcome to the Practical Family Podcast. So great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I was excited about this interview for so many reasons that we'll get into as we start this conversation, but mostly because your book has just come out this year called Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this because you are a fellow apologist. Let's explain to the mamas who may not know what that means and how you got into this line of study. Mm -hmm. So apologetics, it's like we have the same comment that happens so much that I just made the subheading in the book, which is, Apollo, what? What are we apologizing for? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, they, they look very similar. But so I like to point out that apologetics, the root word for apologetics is apologia, which means to give a defense for something. And then, of course, people hear defense and they're like, I don't want to be defensive. It's a defense in the sense that kind of like a, a lawyer would give, where they're giving reasons for a certain conclusion. And so we, we as women, we as Christians in general, it's like, or just we as people, we are apologists for so many things in our life. You, you listen to guys when they're talking about which sports team is the best, and they've got a thousand and one reasons why, you know, as my husband would say, Carolina Panthers, that's his team, or different bands. It's like we have reasons for why we believe all sorts of things. How much more should we have reasons for why we believe what we put our eternal salvation in? Your second question, how did I get started in apologetics? It all started when I was 12 years old, and I remember it so vividly. I I count that as the thing that has really solidified my faith, basically, for my whole life. My pastor was a former atheist who came to Christ the same way as, you know, Lee Strobel and C.S. Lewis and, you know, uh, Josh McDowell by saying, this is stupid. I need a, someone needs to debunk this, you know, I'm going to do it. And so he studied all the things for the gospels and for the Bible. And that's how he came to faith. And so a lot of his sermons kind of had apologetics takeaways in terms of explaining why we believe certain things, but he did a certain series on evidences for the resurrection. I think uh, reliability of the new Testament and the CS Lewis trilemma, which is liar, Lord lunatic of, was Jesus who he said he was and what are our other options? And that's kind of the same approach he took with the resurrection of like, okay, if we don't want to say that Jesus rose from the dead, what are our other options? And do they make more sense than saying that Jesus actually rose from the dead? And I remember as a 12 year old, just my hand scribbling notes as quickly as I could, because I'd been a good church going girl, but this was, you know, and I was very, very firm in my faith. This was the first time where I was like, 
okay, we can objectively study this. And this faith is mine. It's not my parents' faith. It's not my church's faith. This faith, this makes sense. In fact, I, from then on, I always felt like not only was I not going to walk away, but I couldn't walk away from the faith because I felt like I would have to check my brain at the door. I would have to unknow what I knew. Uh, and so that's why I find apologetics so, so important. Not that every kid has the same personality as mine. Mine's more of a, a thinker. Things need to make sense intellectually for me to really, really have that conviction. And not every kid's like that. But there's more kids out there like that than we'd like to give them credit for. And if we're, we're leaving them out in the cold and just saying, hey, have this great mountaintop experience and, and just believe, well, that doesn't cut it when they get into their philosophy 101 class and are told basically you can't know truth. Amen. Absolutely. Hillary, I come from a very similar background, and that's probably why I connected so much with your ministry here. Just Basically, in short, if you've heard me share this before on the podcast, Practical Family Listeners, this is the basis as to why this topic right here. I, too, grew up in a Christian family. And when I got out on the streets with the youth ministry and we were at the church I was in at the time was doing a lot of like street witnessing and things like this, very like, you need to be bold about your faith and da, da, da. And they threw us out there and we're like, but how do, how do we answer when people are like in our face yelling at us that, you know, we're stupid and Christianity is a crutch and whatnot. I wanted to know that my faith was reasonable. Seriously, tell me, I don't want to just believe because my parents said, because mm -hmm. we go to church. I mean, the foundation they laid for us was wonderful. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's what Practical Family is all about, laying those foundations of faith and family life in reasonable ways that make sense. So all of that right there. Um, I remember our pastor saying over and over again towards just bored of my brain that Christianity is a reasonable, rational faith. Mm hmm and it, it, it was never this mystical, you know, oh, just believe. He always emphasized it's reasonable and it's rational. And so many people, I, in fact, I have that on my, I think my Twitter description, you know, leading moms into a reasonable, rational faith. And I've had so many atheists come on and just be like, that's an oxymoron. And well, <laughs> but they think it's not even possible. And so, yeah, if, if we tell our kids that it is possible and we show them how it's possible from early on, when those atheists start telling them that it's complete opposite, they're going to be like, nah, no, <laughs> I've, already, I've already looked at those objections. Exactly. And so what we're doing here is just, this is just going to be an introduction. You've got so much more on your mamabearapologetics.com website <laughs> that people can look at. I love your articles. I wanted to print all of them out and go, here. So I'll be sharing a lot of those on Practical Family oh. very soon. And Yes. And so it's such a, an important conversation to have, especially moms, as we're serious about raising our kids to know and to understand. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that works in us to allow us to believe and have that exchange of awesome, to see God's awesome gloriousness. Mm -hmm. right? We can give them the facts. We can lay that foundation. And it is rational. It is rational. It's not just we'll feel it in church and then the rest of the week we'll try, try, try and hope that God likes us after that or something. <laughs> it's, it's so, it, there's so much more behind that. So let's talk about that today, Hillary. So to what extent do you feel like it's important that mamas bring differing perspectives into the life of their child, whether it's current, maybe political agendas, but mostly we're going to see this around the area of the study of science and yeah. the evolutionary theory and all of that. 
what can moms bring to their children in a very real way that they can tangibly use now? We didn't talk about this before. Did you know that I have my master's in biology? I did. Okay. And that's part of your bio. <laughs> okay. That's right. I do have that in my bio. Okay. So tell them about it. Tell them. Okay. So I like to use this analogy in terms of building up antibiotic resistance. And so antibiotic resistance, basically the more germs you can expose your kids to, I mean, not like deadly germs. You don't want to be like, Hey, Ebola, but the more <laughs> germs that you can expose your kids to uh, when they're young, the better, because the way that the body works is that uh, every single bacteria, every single kind of foreign body that enters into our body, our body's immune system recognizes this is not self. It defines things as self and not self. And when it finds something that's not self, it creates something called an antibody. And these antibodies basically work like a lock and key. They are proteins that are shaped in a very, very specific way. Basically kind of either a lock and key or a hand in a glove kind of thing to where it will attach itself to that foreign invader and it'll neutralize it. Now what happens is the more you expose your kids to these kind of little bacteria in small amounts uh, when they're young, and this is actually, this is the reasoning behind vaccines as well, is you expose an inoculated version, basically a, a dead version of one of these things, of a virus or a bacteria or an illness. So the body's antibodies recognize this and say, oh, we're gonna encounter this probably in the future. I'm going to pair up with it and then I'm going to build up my reserves so that I have an army that's prepared so that when the real thing comes, I already have a whole bunch of the army antibodies that can attack that. And that way it doesn't spread throughout the body. The body needs to be exposed to these foreign invaders early because that's how it builds the antibodies to attack it later when it comes in larger doses. Now I compare this to ideas with kids that if we do not expose them to any alternate ideas, as soon as they encounter these ideas out in the world, and they will, and they're going to encounter them a lot earlier than they used to now that we have the internet. Thank you, internet. Like, it's awesome and not awesome at the same time. Yep. Basically, what we need to be doing is introducing them to these bad ideas and kind of helping them think through these ideas and debunk them before they encounter them in the world. I like what my, uh, my pastor's wife used to say that she said it in response to uh, she was always down for a good sex talk, but it really applies for anything, which is, uh, she was hilarious. She says, I don't want my kids hearing anything they haven't heard in my kitchen first. Amen. <laughs> and so that's what I think we as uh, moms need to be doing is exposing our kids to these other ideas and then kind of helping them think through them and answer them from a biblical perspective so that that way... When they encounter these ideas out in the world, they have this memory of, oh yeah, I've encountered this before. And even if I can't remember the answers, I remember there was an answer that made sense at the time. And so basically it's building up that ideological antibody response system. <laughs> I love that. That is the perfect analogy. Thank you so much for that. I had never thought of it that way before, but that's actually what we're doing. You know, we are exposing them in a healthy way. What are the reasons that moms tend to not go there? I mean, is it fear-based? Have you gotten these objections before? I've got a couple different theories on this. I think that just it's human nature to minister to people the way we were ministered to. Mm -hmm. And uh, Myers-Briggs isn't like gospel or anything, but they have noticed a gender difference between the T's and the F's, which is the thinkers versus feelers. Mm. And it doesn't mean that one person thinks and one person feels. Everybody thinks, everybody feels. It's more about how you go about making decisions. 
And so for women, it's about 25% T's, thinkers, and 75% F's, which are their feelers, which they make their decisions based on what's best for everybody, what's going to keep the peace, that kind of stuff. So I think, first of all, you already have a verifiable percentage who value kind of more people and experience more. So I think that's one of the reasons why, and you've actually got the opposite statistics for men. There's 75% T and 25% F. I'm one of those rare women. Not only am I a T, I'm 100% T. (laughs) I had a lot of guy friends growing up. I didn't get girls most of the time. So I think that's one reason why moms haven't gotten as much into it. But secondly, I think that just the busyness factor, it's like the whole, you know, I don't want to blame everything on on modern day feminism, but I'm just going to say that with modern feminism, uh, the women moved into the workforce and the men did not move into the kitchen. (laughs) Mm. Uh, And so I think a lot of women have the equivalent of two and three full-time jobs just because they're kind of almost the gender roles are still the same, even if they're working full-time. If they're working full-time, they're still the one that it's expected to do the laundry, to shuttle the kids everywhere, to be there when the kids are sick, to do all the cooking, all the cleaning. So just the amount of busyness that moms have, that if your mind's going in a thousand different directions, it's hard to sit down and be like, hey, let's learn about philosophy, especially when you don't see how it immediately applies to the things that matter to you. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the Mama Bear Apologetics book, along with the rest of the amazing team that we have, is I wanted to take all these ideas that are in the apologetics realm and give immediate practical implications for it. This is how this affects the people around you and specifically your children. So they didn't have to, I find that men, when they do apologetics, it's like they're very compartmentalized. They pull out their apologetics box, dump in a bunch of facts, close it up, and yeah, I'll use that. I'm sure I'll use that sometime, but for women, we need to see how everything works together. And so I wanted to make a book that really did show how all these things weave together, because I think that's the way we think naturally. And so that's the way we're going to actually learn and retain information. Yes. Oh, I agree, sister. That immediate application and making it accessible for moms within their life. This is not, apologetics is not so far outside the realm of mothering, of child rearing. It's a very, almost a high intellectual pursuit when you think about it. But I knew that there was some way to bring it down to earth. And that's why we, we incorporate faith and logical understanding into practical family. And then there are women like you who were specifically called to put this all in an easy to understand book. I mean, before the book, you had, you had the podcast, you have the Mama Bear podcast, and you have great guests that come onto there. So even mamas listen to the podcast too, but this book has put all of those topics into such easy to understand ways. And it's very, it's logical, but it's not like reading a textbook. It's like reading a book written by a few mothers in your life group or something. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. So speaking of, um, Hillary, I wanted how you came into this realm because you yourself didn't feel qualified. Can you <laughs> talk to us about that, please? Yes, I am not in the actual mother's club. So it's one of those things where, like I said, I mean, I've had psychologists be like, yeah, you think more like a dude. And so <laughs> I never did a lot of women's groups or women's ministry, but someone told me several years ago, there's a whole demographic of women that won't read something unless it's written by a woman for women. Mm. And that just made the light bulb go off. And so I got involved with the ministry called Women in Apologetics. 
And as I was involved with them, all of a sudden I had this word mama bear going through my head. And you can, you can hear uh, in the book, I think I give the story of Jody Weiss who uh, kind of inspired that. And I think like episode two and three, or maybe it's one and two on the mama bear podcast, like the very beginning ones, we have interviews with her of kind of how all this started. But so what happened was I could not sleep. I struggle with insomnia. And sometimes if I just have so many ideas going through my head, I'm like, if I can just get these out on paper, then I don't need to keep, because I think it's like the brain trying to not forget. And if you can write it down, then it's like, oh, okay, I can go to sleep now. And so I just had this word mama bear or this phrase mama bear going through my head. So I, and for five nights in a row, I just wrote down every single idea that I had And by the end of it, I was like, holy cow, I basically just outlined an entire ministry. Um, I love it. it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what do I do with this? Because my my first thought was telling the Lord, are you asking me to like pass this on to somebody? Am I supposed to tell somebody about this so they can do it? And he was like, no, I want you to do this. I was like, "Mm, I think you've called the wrong person because I'm not a mom. And um, I, I, uh, I had cancer during my peak childbearing years. And I just have enough health problems to where adopting is not a good idea. Mm. Um, so I was just like, no one's going to listen to me because I'm not a mom. And he said, no, I've called the right person and you are a mom. There's mothers of physical, you know, biological children, adopted children, foster children, and spiritual children. In fact, you look at some of the most impactful church fathers, you know, back in, you know, Abraham and stuff, it was their spiritual children that was going to make the most difference. And so the Lord said, if the best mom you can be is to help equip other mothers, because you have something they don't have, which is time to research. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yep. (laughs) And so it's like, I do, I've got, I've got more time to research. So if he, he said, if the best mom you can be is equipping other mothers, then you have been the best mom you can be. That is how I want you to be a mother. And so I I said, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, grabbed a friend and said, you want to start this with me? And uh, it took us about a year to really advertise. We wanted to make sure that we had kind of all our ducks in a row and that we had enough stuff on the website and that we knew what we were doing. So it wouldn't like come out with a flash and then we're like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. So we, we really tried to do it right. And we watched other ministries actually spring up while we were doing this and thinking, oh, we're missing we're missing this wave, uh, you know, that, but we saw two or three other ministry actually come and go in the time that we were still just slowly building. So we decided we wanted to be faithful with what we had and not to look at what anybody else was doing. And I think the Lord's been really faithful. My husband has said that he, he hasn't seen, I mean, he's just seen the Lord bless this ministry so much. And so he's completely behind it as well. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how Mama Bear came about. Oh, I started to tear up, Hillary, when you were sharing, oh my gosh, just about, God, all those thoughts, like nobody's going to listen to me. You know, all of us communicators have, have been there and we continue to ride those waves of, am I even saying anything that's important? Am, is this just for me or not? And I am the same way. I am the same way in that I'm given all these thoughts, download all these thoughts, God, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And you just have to do it. And my word also is faithfulness. Yeah, We're right there together, Hillary. Everyone who's been called or thinks they've been called to something way beyond themselves or something that they don't feel equipped for, thank God that we don't have to fully equip ourselves, that he does that. He does the equipping. And now the beautiful task that you've been given to equip other mothers and mother them in that way is just 
incredibly beautiful. I love that. Thank you. I've, I've expected, like, honest it, when people ask me for interviews, I make sure, and this is even before the book came out, that to make sure, hey, I'm not actually a mom. And I've expected from day one for them to be like, oh, mm, this isn't what, quite what I thought. And it's never happened. And I think probably one of the moments I probably teared up as well is there was when I finally got on Instagram, because one of my uh, Mama Bear book launch girls were like, you have to get on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, another thing to learn. But there was somebody who posted about the book and she was posting all the things that she liked. And she said, first of all, can I say the woman who put this together is not herself a mom. That alone made me want to read the book. We need a thousand more women like her out there. Oh. And just because it was like, <laughs> Every lie the enemy had told me and still sometimes tells me it has never come to fruition, not once. So anyway, that was a special moment that that I think that was the moment where I finally felt, you know, like I could take the devil's words and poink, you know, like <laughs> you lie. See, look. <laughs> I love that this conversation just turned into an equipping and encouraging session, not just for us, but I hope that you're hearing this, mamas, that anything that you endeavor to do and that you're afraid that you can't that you know less people say this this and that oh people will always have their opinions and <laughs> they, it doesn't matter as much yeah. as what god has called you to do find your people find your tribe like you said hillary you didn't set out to do this all by yourself as a quote unquote non-mom you've you found other moms who equally cared about this too. And Mama Bear Apologetics, uh, the podcast and the book, is a collaboration mm -hmm. of thoughts from mothers who are thinkers and who care and love their audiences enough to put it in a way that's understandable, right? All communication, it has to be understandable. We don't need this high elevated language that's above us. We need it in the real mess where we are right now. Yes. So thank you. That actually brings me to very practical application that we want to leave you with as a listener today. Homeschooling mamas, I've often heard that, you know, there's a, there can be a lot of anxiety around choosing to homeschool your children, whether you do it from the start or whether you pull them out of school for whatever reason, there's a lot of burden that we tend to feel that falls on us to give them all the things, to give them all the best education you can give them. <laughs> yeah. And that can be burdensome unnecessarily so. And we can also treat it like homeschool mothers have also had to fight the idea that we are protecting our children from the world mm -hmm. and sheltering them. Yeah. And one of the best analogies I've heard lately is that no, it's actually a greenhouse where mm -hmm. we have our kids in a greenhouse where they're they're not just protected but given the best of what they need to grow and be out there eventually. Yeah. How do you respond to the idea that homeschooling is the only option for protecting your kids from the culture and the lies of this world? Yeah. So first off, I want to say that my husband and I are huge fans of homeschooling. If we were to have children, like, you know, we've of course made all our decisions for these children that we don't have, but we would have homeschooled probably because we're also both teachers and we like teaching and it's fun for us. But, um, just we see some of the stuff that's going on in the public school and it is kind of scary to see what kids are being desensitized to. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think the homeschooling is the only option. Sometimes the, the dynamic between kids and parents just does not work. My sister 
she homeschooled her two boys for a couple years. I think that was, I think she started that one when um, her youngest had another boy come up to him in class and say, I'm going to marry you one day. And he said, well, you can't do that. He said, yes, I can. My mom says I can. And so they were like, mm, maybe, you know, this culture here is not exactly <laughs> what we want our kids in. So she tried to, tried to homeschool. It worked really well for one of the boys and the other boy, it just became this battle in this war. And it, no matter what you think you're protecting your kids from, if you're ruining your relationship with your children by trying to make something work that doesn't work, don't go there. Your relationship with your child does need to, you can't ruin your relationship with your child doing this. Second, it is not an option for everyone. We can't, can't negate the fact that the number of single mothers that are out there or two working parents where they just, they don't have the income to, to be able to homeschool. And we can't put this judgment on them because of their life circumstance. That's just cruel. It is, I'm going to say what it is. It's cruel. That being said, I think homeschooling can be a wonderful option for a couple different reasons. Number one, you are not allowing them to be de desensitized to the things that are out there. I've got a series coming up soon on something called the genderbred person, which is how gender and sexuality is being taught to kids as young as kindergarten. And we can't downplay how much damage can be done with desensitizing things at a young age. And we need to be addressing it in the home. We need to be countering it in the home as much as the secular schools are trying to promote whatever agenda that it is that they have. I think if you're going to send your kids to a public school, absolutely an option, but you need to be looking at what they're learning and you need to make sure to be countering what they're learning, not only with, well, this is what the Bible says, but hey, let's think through this. And this is where I think the Mama Bear book is really good. I think the Mama Bear book could be just as easily used uh, with people who aren't sure if they believe the Bible as people who do, because I think we give practical reasons why these ideas don't work. Yes, we use scripture to back it up, but there's practical reasons why these things don't work. So I think moms that send their kids to, to public school uh, probably need to be just a little bit more vigilant and a little bit more proactive outside of school. But again, so homeschooling is not the only option. Oh, and there's lots of programs. I got to mention, there's lots of programs that are kind of a half and half thing where it's like the kids go to almost kind of like a private school two days a week. And then the other three days is the parents doing the homework. So you're not having to create all these uh, lesson plans from scratch if you've never been a teacher, but you're still being able to have that ready input with your kids and you kind of know what's going on a little bit more. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for for providing just the idea of resources, because it may be eye-opening to a lot of mamas listening that you just didn't know... You you don't know what you don't know sometimes. You don't know what's out there, you know? And so uh, Mama Bear Apologetics, again, collected by Hillary Morgan Ferrer with other mothers who are actively writing and speaking on these subjects as well. I just want to mention a list of the things just going down by chapters, what you're addressing in this book. Self-helpism, naturalism, skepticism, postmodernism, moral relativism, emotionalism, pluralism, the new spirituality, Marxism, feminism, and progressive Christianity. So 
even if these terms seem a little bit foreign or you think you've heard them in certain circles or maybe from the pulpit here and there, this book gives you the chance to look into exactly what that means. And the way that these ladies write is, again, it's so accessible and, it, and it's understandable. And if you want a kind of more fill-in to just what the words are in this book, I mean, please get this book as a resource, but also don't forget that you can listen to the Mama Bear Apologetics podcast. And uh, we're all for promoting other podcasts on this podcast because sometimes that's the only way that you can get what you need to fill yourself, especially if you're busy at home and, and you don't get to be out in the workforce or in school anymore. For those of us who love school, we kind of miss it. <laughs> we got to miss it a little bit. I'm raising my hand. No shame. Yeah. And we're so, we're a little bit extra, but we're okay with that. <laughs> And also, I just think uh, in, in terms of women, we, uh, we are all in this together. And so I, I say that uh, whenever we cross promote each other, that is working the way the body is meant to work. I don't think women feel the need as much to create their own little kingdom and then protect it. I like the way that we do that we work together. And I think that that is that is one of the things that makes us unique. And I love that part of being a woman. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, Hillary Morgan Ferrer. Check her out at mamabearapologetics.com. Hillary, do you want to leave our audience with any last words of encouragement? Well, I do want to leave with uh, one thing that's not as much encouragement, but I did just finish recording the audiobook Yay! for Mama Bear Apologetics. Yes. Awesome. And um, boy, that was an experience. Lots of throat coat tea going on there. Um, <laughs> but that I believe is going to be released on uh, September 25th. So if uh, you want to have that in audio form, that is on its way. And in terms of encouragement, I just want to tell you mamas that, you know what, I think that we have this lie in our head that in order to do something, we have to jump in with both feet and do all of it. And like, we have to, we can't just know a little bit. We have to know everything in order to get involved with this. And I just want to encourage you. And in fact, if you ever start getting overwhelmed with the Mama Barrier book, skip to chapter 16 because we have encouraging words from each of the authors about, you know what, you're starting. It's okay to start somewhere. It's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to just start with little chunks, whatever you're doing. Like I like what Elisa put in hers. That she said that she's found that whenever she's studying a particular topic, the Lord just brings some situation to her life where she just can talk about it with somebody. Somebody has a question along those lines. I think when we were being faithful with what we've got, the Lord's going to use it to minister to us and to other people in our lives. So don't be intimidated. But if you are looking for a good place to start, I think in terms of apologetics, this is probably one of the, the easier ways to get involved. Because as my husband says, this book isn't as much like a moving truck dumping lots of information on you. It's more like a label maker where you've got all these boxes of all these ideas that you've already heard. And you're like, mm, something's fishy there. Something's not right, but I'm not sure how to talk about it. And if this book is like a label maker that helps you organize all those ideas that you've already heard and gives you the words to talk about it. So it's not having to memorize new things. It's understanding how to talk about the stuff you've already noticed. You've been listening to episode 77 of the Practical Family Podcast. I've been interviewing Hillary Morgan Ferrer, author and podcaster from Mama Bear Apologetics. Make sure to look her up in our show notes. You can scroll down if you're in iTunes to the description and get all the resources that we've mentioned there. You can also visit her at mamabearapologetics.com and click on her link for her own podcast. 
we want to remind you guys that as the holidays come near that you can be equipped to handle anything that comes your way for the holidays. Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming, but even if you listen to this after the fact, just know that you don't have to do all the things. Check out our blog post, The Christmas Gratitude Plan. It will bless you not only through Christmas, but afterwards, and how to build a grateful family environment without the need for all this stuff. My friend Trisha Childers has written some incredible things there, and she is the brains behind Home on Purpose. Check that out in our home care section, and you too can be equipped in your home physically and then here in the minds of your children as you're listening to this episode about apologetics, that you can thoroughly equip your family for the holidays, but also for regular family life. Thank you, Chloe Nasher, for joining me today. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Check out more of our funny things on our Instagram and uh, Facebook pages. We're on Twitter and Pinterest as well. Go ahead and like Practical Family wherever you find us. And have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this has been the Practical Family Podcast where we are helping you and families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes.